a mountain, the Lord is good. Every time we get in trouble, he gets us out. He's worthy to be praised. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We exalt you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And God, for it is by him that we live, move, and have our being. Thank you for the privilege of worship and salvation. Thank you for this momentous occasion, for our dignitaries, our guests, our members, our purpose. God, bless us in your word, even right now. May Jesus be exalted. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Church, say amen. amen. Church, say amen again. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, and I'm still crying out. Hallelujah. 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 For every mountain, praise his name. Praise his name. We give honor to our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he is King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. He began it all, he's gonna end it all. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. He's God the Son, and he's the son of God. Isn't that right? He has all the attributes of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And he is the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. He always was. He's the wasness of was. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Bible says all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. What you think about Jesus is going to determine whether you go to heaven or hell. Can I get a witness? He told the woman at the, wo at the well, he said, woman, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for water. Isn't that right? This morning, I want to, just for a few moments, look at something very compelling to me as I thought about the purpose of this service and uh, too often we think that God is just a God of promises. But promises are packaged with problems. 
And as God packages promises with problems, he identifies his purposes, which leads to promotion. I'm in Joshua chapter 4, verse 24. I just want to read that one verse and try to go back and pick up all of the necessary scriptures in between. Joshua 4, I'm sorry, 424, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. Throughout the history of Israel, there was sheer jubilation over entering and settling in what is commonly called the promised land. This promised land was a land of fertility, a land flowing with milk and honey. A land of richness, resources, and rest. However, God's promises, many times they come packaged with some problems. And these problems ultimately lead to God's purposes, which leads to God's promotion. Joseph, the favorite son of Jacob, was cast by his own brothers in a ditch, sold into Egypt, went to jail for false accusation, but he went from the pit to the palace by way of Potiphar's wife. He experienced some problems within the promises that clarified God's purposes. Because every time he got in trouble, every time he was in jail for something he didn't do, the Lord, the Bible says in Genesis 50, and the Lord was with him. And then ultimately he revealed himself to his brothers And the same ones that threw him in the ditch had to come and apologize and depend on him for sustenance. Then as we begin to look at this narrative, it's interesting that the victory to the promised land demanded a commitment, a courage, in a communion with Almighty God. Joshua was not a shepherd. Joshua was not a governor. Joshua was a warrior who followed Moses. There is a man, this story about a mother eagle and this mother eagle lays 
an egg once a year in a high nest over a ravine. When she lays this egg, she hatches the eggs and the eaglets are living the life. This mother eagle feeds them on an hourly basis. They've got it made in the shade. And the eaglets become plump, fat, healthy, because the mother is feeding them so often. That happens the first five weeks, but in the sixth week, the mother, by instinct, disturbs the nest. Yeah. And in disturbing the nest, the eaglets tend to fall out of the nest as they are going down the side in the ravine to hit rocks and to die. And that mother eagle, with supersonic speed, a telescopic eye, in fact, eagles can look straight into the sun and not be blinded because God created them with internal sunglasses. That mother sits on the perch as her eaglet is falling to its death only to come off that perch by instinct in the nick of time to go down the mountainside gliding to pick up the eaglet before it hits the ground and takes it all the way back to the top of the nest to drop it again. And it's between drops that the eaglet learns how to soar. Some of you came here this morning between drops. I know you think God has dropped you. I know you think God, amen, you had it made in the shade, you was fat and plump, and God disturbed your nest, and now you're going down the side, and it looks hopeless, but my Bible says, but they that wait on the Lord. He shall renew their strength. God's going to pick you up before you hit bottom. Do I have a witness? But he may have to drop you again. So you learn how to glide. Do I have a witness? There is no greater point of history than that of what we call the conquest of Israel. This is a conquest period, and uh, Joshua, amen, was told by God, yeah, now that Moses is dead, there are certain things I want you to do. The promised land has been, unfortunately, likened by some preachers to heaven, and it is not. The promised land is a land of battles and blessings. There are no battles in heaven. Do I have a witness? It is a land of faith and fighting, waiting and worship. And there are three things that Joshua had to have in place before he could experience the blessings of the promised land. First, the promises of God 
demands, listen to this, a faithfulness. And I can tell you right now that those that are not faithful to God, they will never realize their ultimate profession as Christians. They will never be fully blessed by God for lack of faithfulness. Now, now, now theologically, we got a problem here because, amen, all of our blessings are predicated on Jesus Christ. Do I have a witness? That because of him, we are righteous. His righteousness has been, listen, attributed to our righteousness. Amen? We are only righteous in him. Do I have a witness? That is, when Jesus died on that cross, God placed us in Christ, and, and amen, and all of our unrighteousness he died for, and all of his righteousness we inherited. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. And so, everything we have by way of blessings come because of him. Do I have a witness? You can't earn God's favor. We don't deserve God's favor. We can't, amen, live good enough to get God's favor. It's because of Jesus the Christ. Problem is, when you look at our team, whether it's football, baseball, or basketball, there are people on the bench that have never played in the game. People the coach will not call on. But they do have on the uniform. And if the team wins, they march in the parade. They receive a ring, a plaque, and extra money. Although Jesus did it all, we as Christians are on a team. We have uniforms. So when he wins, we win. Are you getting this? We win because he won. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. The battle has already been fought and the victory has already been won. So Joshua is told by God that essentially he needs to be faithful. In Joshua chapter 1, he tells Joshua, God tells Joshua, you got to do three things. Arise, go over this Jordan, and go into the promised land that I have given you. And listen, divide it for an inheritance. Three things he told Joshua. And you need faithfulness in all three things. Can I get a witness? The land I'm giving you, God says, no one will be able to stand before you. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Only be strong and courageous. That was the promise. But the problem was they had to fight once in the land. It's called the inhabitants, the Jebusites, the Hittites. And all the other ites. 
Now, theologically, and I love Bible students who know this, the book of Joshua, Old Testament, has a parallel book in the New Testament called Ephesians. The reason these two books are parallel is because both books deals with the believer's inheritance. And they're parallel because in both instances, we are blessed, but there will be some battles. We have to fight this insurgent, inherent flesh as they had to fight the nations before they could occupy. Do I have a witness? So when you get saved, it, the, the fight is only beginning. The Holy Spirit comes in, takes up residence, he indwells us, and then we have to yield to him in order to replace this flesh nature. It's no eradication of the flesh nature. We have to give the new nature the power, amen, by faith, so that we walk in the principles of Almighty God. And if you walk with Jesus Christ for years, things you used to do, you don't do anymore. Can I get a witness? You, you're not perfect, but there are some things that begin to change, metamorphosize, in your life because now God has taken up residence. I'm tired of people, and I'm going to preach it, making an excuse for other people who want to stay in sin. I'm tired of us rationalizing that God can come in, but I can remain as I am, what I am, do what I want to do. I don't know what God you serving because whenever Jesus came in, something went out. Can I get a witness? Huh? And so, child of God, when you begin to understand that three things Joshua had to do in this matter of faithfulness, first he had to be confronted with the swelling of the Jordan River, chapter 3, 14 to 17, and I just want to synopsize what's taking place there. He's marching the tribes, and he gets to the Jordan River without warning from God, and the Jordan River is swelling. It's flooded over where they just can't walk across the river. See, God will give you promises, but we'll package it with some problems. So when they got to the Jordan River, God told Joshua, go get the Levites who's carrying my ark where I dwell between the cherubim's wings and let them put their feet first in the river. He was teaching Israel, your last generation failed because they were unfaithful. They saw my works. They saw me open up the Red Sea. They saw me bring water out of a rock. They saw me fly quail so low they could hit it and cook it. They saw me bring manna out of heaven, and they still murmured and didn't believe me. And I was grieved with that nation, and I swore in my covenant they would never see the promised land. So I let all of them die off 20 years and up, and everyone 20 years and under would go in under Joshua and Caleb who were faithful. God rewards 
faithfulness. So they put the Levites' feet in the water. And when the Levites' feet hit the water as they're holding the ark, well, the waters receded. And the Bible says they went across the Jordan as if on dry land. Sometimes when we are confronted by floods in our lives, we got to be faithful to do what God tells us to do. I don't care how it looks, how it sounds. We, we've got to have a stick-to-itiveness to detail. 20, going on 26 years ago when I came here, church was about 100 people. The Lord had given me a vision. Jeremiah chapter 1 was the vision. You go home and read it. He said, here's what I want you to do. Not what the deacons are telling you. Not what the preachers are Not what the families are telling you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull up, pluck up, and then build and plant. I want my word here. Can I get a witness? And I will grow this church by thousands. I'm preaching. Can I get a witness? Not tradition. Not civil rights. Not sociology. Yeah, but my word. My word cannot come back void. Plant my word in the lives of the people. Can I get a witness? He, he was confronted by the swelling of the Jordan. He was confronted, yeah, by the commemoration of the stones. In chapter 4, once they got across the river, God says, Halt! Don't go any further. Get 12 stones. One stone per tribe. Go back and put it in the Jordan as a memorial, as a commemoration of what I did to these rivers. The problem in the church, we don't have enough, amen, uh, landmarks. Hallelujah. That we can remember in the church. Can I get a witness? Uh, you know, I've been in the church all my life. I can remember my parents and grandparents singing the songs as I am. Can I get a witness? I remember them old mothers singing the hymns. Can I get a witness? They didn't have all this expensive equipment. They didn't have air conditioning. There was no air conditioning in church. You just sat there all day and sweat and just, and just waved your fan and praised the name of Jesus. And you weren't in no hurry to get out of church because in Pennsylvania we had them blue laws. Wasn't nowhere to go. Everything was closed on Sunday. And my grandmother impacted me from South Carolina. She came to Philly in 1922. She was in South Carolina. She said, they used to take lanterns and walk 10 miles through the woods to prayer meeting every Wednesday night. And here we are with BMWs. Here we are with cars and trucks. Ain't nobody got no bike. Ain't no bike racks out there. And we can't even come on Wednesday night, Dr. Babb, to Bible study. We move God out of the way. We, we replace God with convenience. Can I get a witness? Everybody in here got an expensive phone. You got so many programs in your phone, it's a computer. But you don't tithe. You're not faithful. Do I have a witness? We just give God what we want God to have. And if God don't like it, too bad. Can I get a witness? But I come to tell you, God rewards faithfulness. They put the stones down. 
And then the third thing that God told him to do in his faithfulness as he's going to battle, chapter 5, verse 13. Joshua is marching with his armies. Joshua is a warrior. Bad boy. And as Joshua is riding, this man comes over the hill opposite him. Joshua pulls out a sword. That's when leaders used to lead. Leave that one alone. He pulls out a sword and he looks at the man and says, Are you for us or are you against us? The question, one, the question wasn't whether the man coming over the hill was for you or against you. The question, Joshua, who are you for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man on the horse was the pre-incarnate Christ. Can I get a witness? I know some of y'all got problems with this. Jesus all through the Old Testament. He appeared at the trees of Mamre in Genesis 18 when Abraham, a man, was negotiating over Sodom. Do I have a witness? He appeared in that burning bush that Moses saw on Mount Sinai as the angel of the Lord. When the, when the angel said, take off the shoes off your feet for you're standing on holy ground. Can I get a witness? And, and Moses said, who, who are you? He said, I am that I am. I'm the self-existing God. I, everything needs me, but I need nothing. Can I get a witness? I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm Jehovah M. Kadesh. I'm Jehovah Saint Canoe. I'm Jehovah Shalom. I, I wish I had a witness up in here. He, 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 I'm El Shaddai, the big breasted one. Can I get a witness? And child of God, when you begin to understand that he wanted faithfulness, when he saw Jesus, he fell down and worshipped him. Can I get a witness? Sends a major picture to us. You ought to do worship before you go into warfare. Do I have a witness? And St. Matthews, you have been faithful in your deportment. You've been faithful in your giving. You've been faithful in your service. You've been faithful, amen, in the vision. You've been faithful in paying off this debt. God rewards faithfulness. But with the promises come problems. <sighs> and with the problems, purposes are clear. Are you getting this? Look at the second thing. Not only the promises of God demands a faithfulness, but the promises of God demands a fearlessness. In Deuteronomy 28, don't turn, God pours out blessings and cursings. Here's what I will do if you're obedient. Here's what I will do if you're not obedient. Are you getting this? In chapter 29 and 30 of Deuteronomy is what we call the Palestinian covenant. Listen to pastor. The Mosaic covenant was given to Moses at Sinai. Ten Commandments, over 400, amen, rules, regulations for Israel. But now, in Deuteronomy 29 and 30, he's given the Palestinian covenant, the covenant to the land of Palestine. And, 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 and he's telling him to occupy this promised land. You have to be fearless. Right. I'm giving you the land. 
The battles are mine. The blessings are yours. You got to root up, pull out, occupy. The unfaithful spies came back with a, a report that was unfaithful. They're walled cities. They're giants. And we were in our own eyes as grasshoppers. But Caleb and Joshua stood up and said, no, 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 we can take it. Because the Lord is with us. Can I get a witness? And child of God, when you begin to look at this Palestinian covenant, and I love this, that there are going to be some difficulties. Can I get a witness? There are going to be promises which bring some problems. Second Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat, you need enough. You need not fear. This battle is not yours. This battle is the Lord's. Can I get a witness? And child of God, when you understand that the real battle belongs to the Lord, just as Paul and Silas, who were going one way towards Europe and the Spirit forbade them, turned them around, said, go to Macedonia. There is a man crying out for help. They go into Macedonia and they Amen. Paul turns around and rebukes and heals a girl of a demonic spirit. And they threw them into prison. They did nothing wrong. And Paul and Silas decided while in jail to start praising his holy name. They sang psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in their heart, making melody to the Lord. And God didn't come at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11. God didn't come at 11 o'clock, but at midnight. The Bible says the angel opened up the gates and they walked out. Can I get a witness? I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Thou shalt fear no evil, for thou art with me. And you got to have a spirit of fearlessness. When you know that you know that you know. Can I get a witness? Fear. Amen. Somebody said fear is an acronym. False evidence appearing real. It's Satan's major tool. He shows you things and he knows when you look at him, you can't work this thing out in your own strength. He shows you circumstances that are adverse and you have no power over them. But child of God, I come to tell you that when God is in it, he's able. Isn't he able? He's able to deliver the three Hebrew boys out of a burning furnace. Isn't he able? Nebuchadnezzar put them in the furnace seven times hotter. And you know what? Most of us don't even catch what happened. They said, oh, we're not going to bow down to you. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, we respect you, but we, we refuse to serve another God. And Nebuchadnezzar messed up because he said, when I throw you in, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? When he said that, Jesus pushed the three Hebrews aside and said, this is my battle now. Can I get a witness? Now they're talking about me. So they threw him in the oven and child of God, when you look in the oven and the oven is flaring and heat and God snatches the heat. Don't you know you can go through hell with no heat? Don't you know you can go through fire and not be burned? 
And Nebuchadnezzar said, did not we throw three in? But behold, I see a fourth one. And it looks like Son of God. That's why Isaiah said in that famous 40, 40th chapter, have you not known? Have you not heard that power belongs to God? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator, the ends of the earth. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He'll mount them up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Fearlessness. Fearlessness. Faithfulness. And then fearlessness. But the third and final is that these promises of God demands a fruitfulness in finality. Fruit bearing is an interesting study. We don't make fruit. Plants and trees bear fruit. That means whatever the tree is doing when it's healthy, fruit is automatic. Are you getting this? Yeah. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words, John 15, abide in you, amen, and that sap, there is a healthy connectivity and exchange, there's obedience, there's cleansing, there's confession. He said, you will bear much fruit. Do I have a witness? And in Joshua 6, we see some fruit bearing because God marches them straight to Jericho a fortified city, chapter 6, a double ring of walls, 6 feet deep, 12 feet across. And God told Joshua a strategy that I guess Joshua said, well, I don't want to question God, but this is kind of ludicrous. Take your men and march around this city. Six days quiet. Can I get a witness? Can you imagine the ridicule of those in Jericho? Look at these fools. Nobody was to open their mouth. They were just to march around the city six days quietly. And then on the seventh day, he said, blow the ram's horn. That's the horn of battle. Blow the ram's horn and then give a unified shout. And the walls will come tumbling down. Can I get a witness? No, notice, notice, notice that. When we look at this thing of Jericho, why did God have them walk around the city seven days? Because God was teaching a valuable lesson of patience and perseverance. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 that with faith and patience we obtain the promises. Did you get that? Faith. And patience. We obtain the promises. And St. Matthews, you've been fearless, you've been faithful, you've been fruitful. We thank God for the bloodstained banner. And I close on Habakkuk's battle hymn. Habakkuk's one of my favorite prophets. He reminds me of myself, a seventh century prophet who prophesied at the end of the Assyrian 
captivity and the beginning of the Babylonian captivity, he was a contemporary, a friend of Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Zephaniah, and Habakkuk struggled with God's wisdom. It's called the burden of Habakkuk. Lord, how can you, Lord, have mercy? How can you, uh, amen, do this to your own people? God never answered him the first time. And then, Lord, here's my second question. How can you use the unrighteous to chasten the righteous? And the Lord told him to write the vision and amen, at an appointed time it will come to pass, but at the end they will speak and not lie. Do I have a witness? And it's in chapter 3 that we see the promises with some problems that leads to his purposes and ultimate promotion. I love this chapter. So Habakkuk says in chapter 3, verse 17, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the labor of the olive may fail, the fields may yield no food, the flocks may be cut off, no herds in the stalls. Sounds like problems to me. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet, the feet of deer. He'll give me skipping capability. He'll, he'll give me capability to climb mountains. Do I have a witness? And we need some more hymns in the church. Hymns help us to see clearly the purposes of God. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of the Spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. What a hymn. Songwriter said, precious Lord. Take my hand, lead me home, let me stand, I am tired, I am weak, and I'm warm. Through through the night, lead me home through the night. Take my hand, precious Lord. Sometimes you just want the Lord to lead you home. Sometimes the battle gets so tough, you're ready to sit down. But the Lord is in control. 
and he in control? The Lord is my light and my salvation. He wants us to be faithful, fearless, and fruitful. This church is blessed because you've been faithful, fearless, and fruitful. And God is blessing us. Not for us to brag, for us to bless others. To reach, to teach, and to disciple. Let's stay on our feet. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I know you can identify with that eaglet who feels they're just being dropped. I know you can identify with Habakkuk not understanding what God is doing in your life. But God is too wise to make a mistake. If you're here today and you want to be saved, you want Jesus to come into your life and save you, just raise your hand. If there's one, I see the bus ministry. Come on. Come on up, guys. We love you. Praise Jesus. Come on. Bless the Lord. Come on. Stand right here. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Come on. Step out. You want to be saved. Come on. Jesus loves you. Come on. If you're not saved, step out. We just, the Lord wants to save you. You got saved. You got saved. Good. If you're saved, it's okay. You saved, man. Saved. Praise Jesus. You got saved. You got saved. Praise God. Or perhaps you want to join our church in your Christian experience. Is there one? Step out. Jesus. Hallelujah. There you go. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, baby. Move, move down with me. Is there another? Is there another? Just, just, yes. Is there another? Step out. Praise the Lord. Right here, right here. Thank you, man. Praise Jesus. Is there another? I dare you to give, give Christ your life. He will turn things around. He'll plant your feet on solid ground. Is there another? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God's son. He came to save. He came to sanctify. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask all of you to follow our ministers. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you, all of our dignitaries, for being here. And you, you'll get instructions momentarily. All discipleship people come down front over here. We have a meal for you, and then you go to classes. Thank you, St. Matthews, for your faithfulness. And now we will burn our mortgage. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord.
No, no, bring it over here, man. Don't, I don't, I don't, I don't trust nobody in the army with fire. All right, here you go, here you go, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Here, here, Nicholas, come out right here, come out right here. instructions. We've got a lot going on. Our dignitaries you'll be spoken to. Amen. The CDC will be open. Lavelle, come on up here, baby, real quick. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on up.